face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. Start the broadcast. I saw Paul McCartney last night. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So, okay, even though we're back on another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, I do have to say that I want to finish hearing about Paul McCartney last night. <laughs> Paul McCartney was amazing. My brother and I went to go see him uh, last night, and it was he, he defies age. He really does. He's a superstar. Um, there was a picture of him on a uh, London subway or train or something like that, and he was just chilling by himself, um, undisturbed. And, um, you know, considering how famous he is to to just be like, no, I'm just going to hang out anywhere I want I'm to. I'm just going to hang I out here. It's awesome. all right. I'm just here. <laughs> it's really good. This set, uh, the Armagus, uh, Ar- Aragosa, oh. it's called the Armagosa star system today, is a little too bright. Oh, is, oh okay. I thought you were saying... <laughs> trying I was, to lower okay. No, on my side. On your side, all right. All right. So, uh, Doctor, welcome back. Thank you. Nice to see you. Uh, today's uh, episode of Starfleet Boy is The Most Toys. I have we The have. Most Toys. <laughs> you do. You actually are. Kind of like this collector, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're nothing like the the collector. I am nothing this, uh... like this collector. <laughs> um, I'll just jump right to the summary. Um, in a routine uh, kind of situation where uh, the Enterprise is uh, transferring volatile materials, an accident occurs which causes the death of our beloved commander... Uh, data. No, Lieutenant Commander, right? Is he not a commander yet, is he? Lieutenant Commander. Lute- Lieutenant Commander Data. Sorry, I'm, I get all the tenses wrong and the you know, it's timey-wimey wibbly wobbly yeah, all, right. all the time. Um, <clears throat> so we lose him, or we think, at least the crew thinks he's dead, when in fact he's been stolen by Kivas Fajo, a dealer and merchant and collector uh, who uh, has the most toys? Uh, and we see that among data sits among a, a fabulous collection of things, including uh, uh, some Earth artifacts like the Mona Lisa. Uh, <laughs> she see wasn't the, right. I mean, it's been a week since I saw the episode, but wasn't the Mona? Lisa yeah, it's the Mona Lisa because he, he's trying to emulate a, the smile. Remember that scene? Right. That's right. That's right. And uh, some baseball card, a baseball card, and some other like chewing gum, you know, all kinds of valuable things. 
are in this collection. Yeah, chewing gum, so very valuable. <laughs> and now so is Data. Uh, and he might be, in fact, the most valuable thing that Kivas Faggio has managed to obtain because Data is um, con- would be considered priceless if you had to put a put a price on him, right? And then that's it. The uh, guy's a total dick, and Data has to try really hard to tolerate his behavior and remain uh, calm. And, uh, you know, fortunately he has no emotions, so that helps him to, to appear calm. And um, finally, uh, it all culminates in a moment where he's about to kill the bastard, and then he's beamed out just in the nick of time by the Enterprise. Oh, and there's also a really fun... Uh, detective chase where the crew has to try to figure out where Data actually is. <laughs> That's the episode, right? Did I get it? I was wondering, where was the fun part? I missed that one. Oh, no. I mean, okay. <clears throat> I agree. This is not on the uh, memorability. <laughs> this doesn't rate high on the memorability no, it doesn't. and rewatch factor. No, not at all. This- but it... But it's an interesting episode because it it does, you know, and I won't belabor this, but but it does present a little growth for Data for us. Because, again, you know, the same question we've been asking for a while now, which is, you know, Data, he's the Tin Man, you know, he he doesn't think he has a heart. And then what does he find out that he always has had the heart, right? And I think that, like, you know... There's something new that happens to Data in this episode. He's faced with a, a really difficult situation. I mean, the guy, the 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 actor, does a great job, by the way, of being just so despicable. He's just like the worst. Uh, he, like, even just like the way the actor like portrayed him with his like weird tics and like, um, um, you know, just like this kind of like fake niceness and then he you know he'd be like really nice like data all your needs are going to be provided for so long as you do everything i say like he's just like a you know perfect villain <laughs> i would think and a perfect villain for data cuz data usually can get out of a situation because normally he's dealing with until now i don't think data's encountered uh, an adversary like this where he's just completely unreasonable and you know usually data tries to find a way to fulfill his programming which is to preserve life instead of extinguish it and in this situation I think it's the first time as far as I can tell where Data is about to make a decision to just end this person like it's like you know uh, to, <laughs> like kind of like the idea of uh, Mace Windu saying that Palpatine's too dangerous to be left alive hmm. you know and I just thought that was great. That's the one thing that I took away from the episode that was great. But on the whole, you know, you don't need to learn that lesson over and over again. So I don't watch it often. <laughs> yeah, I thought it sucked. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, the, the episode was seemed kind of cheap to me in the sense that uh, the production design with respect to where data was being held seemed just kind of bland didn't really stand out too much to me i thought the makeup was lazy you know especially that that the guy the the, the buddy that uh parlor toff is his name with the weird nose ring or whatever the gold thing oh, right 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 like he right. he i don't know it's just 
the makeup like it just wasn't a very interesting alien to me uh Kivas Fajo didn't have very interesting makeup so I mean every, so I mean nothing about it was interesting to me the situation seemed uh not just devoid of any tension or suspense I I I just couldn't figure out why why, why was data taking so long to get out of this I mean it just seemed like data could have done something to get out of that situation faster and and then the what was going what was happening back on the enterprise is just real I mean it was a nice showcase for Jordy I guess I mean Jordy was the one that right. kind of figured it out and he has that that really kind of over the top scene where he's in bed wearing his uniform <laughs> and I forgot that. and and then he, he he just kind of like has this like oh I know I have the answer and it's just kind of like what like he doesn't even look like he's comfortably resting you know he's just kind of like waiting for them to say action you know I mean it, the whole the episode just seems I mean we just we we had a really good episode prior to this 10 men where everybody was just firing on all cylinders and there was a moment where everybody thought data was dead when the 10 man they thought 10 man was destroyed and i thought in in the, in those 2 seconds <laughs> that we thought data was dead i thought the uh, patrick stewart and everybody reacted with more emotion and conviction than in the entirety of this episode where they think that data is just dead Okay, that's right. it. Let's just move on, and and and. <laughs> well, no, Jordy. Jordy has a hard. Except time. for Jordy, yeah. Jordy. Except for Jordy. Jordy has a hard, really hard time about it. But I, and they all kind of do. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I just I just felt everybody was just sort of on on autopilot in this episode. Nobody really stood out in terms of their acting, and I. And when you were talking about with respect to the moment that Data decides to shoot the guy, well. But then here's the thing that really bothers me is when he gets back to the Enterprise, he lies about it to Riker. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand why. I really don't. I've thought about this for a couple of weeks now. And I'm like, why did he lie? What does he care? He's an android, right? He doesn't have any emotions. Why does he? Why did he lie well, to Riker? But, Let me ask you. Right. Why did he lie? I mean, that's just the thing. Do you think that this situation was so stressful that it actually triggered i would i would i would equate it to what like stress he's an android he has no stress well i mean i mean like so where where do we divide what data experiences like is stress an emotion because i don't know you know like i think stress can be handled without emotions right so is it shame can, what's that is it shame i don't know is shame an emotion like the where shame we, is an emotion like, this is like it's an emotional response. I think, yeah. I think that data in that moment maybe, you know, I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out what uh, what happens next, so to speak, if there was like a uh, any kind of work or comic or, or even like a note from a writer that kind of like has insight to this. Because in this situation, we really only can know what the writer's intentions were. I don't know. I do think it's a little out of character for data, too, to not... To, to lie. It's totally out of character for him. Has you Data know? lied before? It, I don't know. I think he has. He has? Hmm. I don't know. 
That's a good question. Like, I feel like Data's maybe been, maybe has bent the truth for a mission, but I'm not sure. But I he tells, he, he told, what does he tell Riker? That, oh, it must have been a discharge or something. I'm like, yeah. no, you fired. You pulled the trigger. Or did he? Of course he did. <laughs> no, I know he did. Right. I mean, I mean, I don't it's know. I mean, are, are that, we well, supposed see, to those are, debate that? Those or? are the things that are. So those are the things that are interesting about this episode. There are some questions that that we don't know the answers to. Um, it's just one question. <laughs> What's the, and it's at the very the, end. <laughs> um. I think he. I think if I had to try to find a data, a, like if I had to try to find, this might be stretching it a little bit. But if I had to try to find a reason why data doesn't understand or he's con, you know confused or whatever, you know something other than lying, I would have to say that maybe, just like any computer, just like our own minds can be overloaded because there's too many variables to think about, it's possible that in this situation. Data was on the verge of some kind of mental, uh, the Android equivalent of a mental overload. So it can create errors and anomalies in the way that he behaves, in the way that he acts, things like that. So here's this Android who's who's like, you know, following a line of programming. And now here's a character presented to him that's defying uh, anything logical to him, you know. So Data's like... It is actually, for Data, probably a mental crisis of some kind. And so I can only imagine that, like, there's something that happened there. And so he is put off his normal expected responses. And that's why he lies to Riker. <laughs> but see, I my interpretation was that... Okay, that girl who... You know, that character didn't really... I mean, for me, the, I forget what the name of the the girl that, that was killed by the ultimate nullifier right. or whatever that and, thing was. And severely abused, which was, you know, something that the episode addresses as well as this character's, yeah. you know, abusiveness. Um, was, did he fire, I mean, did he fire because he felt bad if he had shot him before she wouldn't have died? I think so. So then, it's, so be, again, we're we're be, back to the yeah. to the question of shame. He's ashamed of that. Yeah, I would say the I would consider it shame. I don't know what data would call it, but it he would call it an error. Like he would decide in his mental programming, in his thought process, he would decide I have made several critical errors and they've caused more death now than if I had just killed this guy. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of like what I imagine. Data's thinking. Well, I, you know? I, I agree. I, I I don't know why he didn't shoot him in the, before. <laughs> I, I really don't understand <laughs> why. Programmed not to. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it, it it just I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, Data can't have any. I mean, he clearly says you know in in, in self defense more so than just self defense. I mean, he's a Starfleet officer. If he's ordered to you know, kill a Klingon or whatever, he's going to kill the Klingon. He he can't defy his captain's orders. I mean, if they're in a but combat no situation or if they're in a... Right, but uh, and no one's... Or- this is the tricky situation is like, you know, no one has ordered him to... His mission, I would imagine that his training combined with his own programming is something along the lines of, um, you know protect others first 
and then protect yourself. It's kind of like the laws but of he failed. robotics. Right, and that's why he had to kill... I don't understand why he Keith. failed, though. Like, I, I, the, the, I don't accept <laughs> the premise of the episode. I think, in my mind, Data would have would have figured this out a lot faster. He would have found a way to break out of that room. By the way, this is, isn't this the second episode where we have a major character stuck in a room? I know. The Star Trek, and, the next generation has some kind of... Well, it's not even over for this poor cast. I mean, they're all going to experience... I mean, like, poor Counselor Troy, I mean, she gets, you know, some horrible things already have happened to her. Uh, <laughs> was she stuck in a room, too? <laughs> I don't know, but there's that episode, the abduction thing coming up soon, and I don't know. Yeah, no, but I mean, scary, I'm sorry, yeah, us, we're the situations. ones that are suffering, watching them <laughs> stuck in a room that they can't get out of, and it's boring well, as hell. I mean, I, I just thought it was boring, and I couldn't understand why yeah. Data couldn't break out of it and then the other thing that uh, to me kind of and again it's related to to this you know this inability to to just focus data's character really well you know data seems to be employing some subtle psychology with uh, the, the the other woman Kiva's five, right. oh right, with the right. woman when he's trying to convince her when he's right, trying to exactly, convince her but right, yeah. you know right i mean okay that i i accept that data but then there are other episodes, like the one with Lal, where he just seems to be completely naive about how human beings are, you know, how they relate to each other and how he relates to them. And he's just like, but I'm a father. Why don't you understand? You know, like, like he, he just, his psychological depth changes from episode to episode. Sometimes he's just like this naive, like, you know, uh android man-child that doesn't understand how human <laughs> beings work. And then another episode, in this episode, he's trying to, like, you know, use... He's more like in that episode where he was on the planet, and he's trying to convince the colony, guys, you have to leave this planet because this massive space fleet is coming here to destroy you. And he subtly uses psychology and all this stuff. So, from episode right. to episode, Data just seems to... I do you, think know, that that's you know what I'm fine. trying to say? I, it's, it's I do. I think I do understand, and I think that's totally fine because I think that like what you're normally seeing of data is that like childlike kind of aspect. You know, the you know more of a wonder, like a situation where he's like wondering, like in wonderment. <laughs> you know, uh, is his like baseline operations. I don't think he loses that, except that I do think that. For example, imagine Lore were in this situation. It would have oh, I did been right. It would have been over in like two seconds. Like Lore would have snapped Kiva's Fajo's neck, uh, disabled the station, stolen a shuttlecraft, and boom! It, like there would be there would be no episode, right? But just Data is like programmed so different from Lore, and like the absence of emotions. This is it's great that we're actually going into another emotion thing next, but the absence of emotions here for for him are what prevent him in a way from feeling uh, uh, and and doing irrational things. So data tries to always do the rational logical thing first in 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 many ways, he's probably uh, what you would the thing that was unsuccessful about. Spock being able to keep his emotions at bay is that he had them to begin with. Like he, you know, Vulcans already have them and he's half human. And Data's kind of a, I think of him as a similar character to Spock where 
he represents this like side of reason of total logic of just like do, weighing weighing without emotion a situation and doing the best thing possible and i think he stuck true to that in the situation he tried to make sure that no one died or that no one got hurt as much as possible and then it finally got to a point as you pointed out where you know he it, it, it to us it appears as though he sh- it it's shame because the same course of action would be accompanied with this emotion for a human but for him the shame is absent but the consequences of his not doing something sooner are still present and so i asked you this question had you been forget forget about data for a second let's say you were kidnapped by kivas fagio as yourself with your emotions etc cetera, etc cetera. now if there was a person under his control who you you would feel sorry for like that character um the 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 lady the woman in the in the episode that kivas tortured right i would try i would personally i don't know how you would feel but i would personally if i were in that situation want to try to help her as well if i didn't see an immediate threat to my life like for some reason i'm in this prison because he needs me i don't feel like he's going to kill me or hurt me necessarily so i'm going to try everything i can to get this other person to help me escape and help them escape as well and i think that's what it boils down to but it failed the plan failed because the douchebag is just like unhelpable and <laughs> data finally has to just well we don't know we really don't know does data think he didn't do it that's the that's the only question out of this episode so it's it's fascinating and that's it we're done <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't find it that fascinating. I, I I think that I think this whole episode is just a big mistake. Um, can can we see what the book says about it? Sure. Come on, we got. I think there might be something fun in the book. <laughs> but going, uh, you know, let's say yeah, let's say this episode, not not. Next Generation's Finest Hour, right? Do you think the 13-episode season is a better idea so that we get more impactful no. episodes more often? No, you still like the 23-episode yeah. Yeah, season. <laughs> okay, it says here that it's an interesting story from a spec script that pushed Data to the brink of murder in a, for a logical reason. The most toys was struck by tragedy early in the filming. Oh, wow, interesting. Originally, the actor chosen hmm. to play Faja was well-known little... Oh, my God. What? What's happened? It was going to be David Rappaport. What? Remind me who David Rappaport is. Time Bandits. Oh, really? He was going to be Faja. Yeah, you know, yeah. The leader of the Time Bandits. He had it. Remember, he oh. had a show on CBS called The Wizard, where he played an inventor. Yes. Remember? I do remember that. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Now I see. Oh, that sucks. That would have been great, actually, just to have David Rappaport on Star Trek. David Rappaport was a great. He passed away. He died. Oh. David Rappaport was a great actor. He really was a good movie. Uh, with him in it, The Bride, which is a, a reworking of Frankenstein with Sting, of all people, as Dr. Frankenstein. But David Rappaport and Clancy Brown play an excellent um, 
There's even a picture of him in makeup as uh, really. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll, yeah. Let me, let me see this. that. This is on Memory Alpha. So he'd already started filming when when he passed away. Wow. I don't know. I didn't know that. I, I hadn't looked into this episode deeply. Let's see here. There he is. Oh my God! Look Oops. at that. There he is. Oh, I have to present. Hold on. No, you, I, I can see it. Right. I. There's a button I have to press so that the audience oh, can, can the see audience it. Oh, the audience can see it. <laughs> wow. That would have been... That would have changed the whole episode for me. Really? It's true. An actor can change a whole the whole thing. It's true. <clears throat> so did you not like the performance by the actor who ended up being Kivas Fajo? Holy cow, Rappaport attempted suicide. Saul Rubinick. Rappaport attempted suicide over the weekend after two days of filming. Oh, jeez. And was hospitalized. Shortly. Shortly afterward, he died as a result of a second attempt. Oh, my God. I had no idea. I didn't know he committed suicide. How terrible. That's terrible. Sometimes we find things out on Starfleet that we didn't know. Wowzers. Left with unusable footage, the production huddled, then hired Sal Rubinick and had him into fittings for a new costume by noon on the following Monday. Although promotional photos of Rappaport in the role had already been sent out, considering the short notice, Rubinick, a busy Canadian actor, did a remarkable job of making the quirky role his own. In the expected grief over Data's loss, Worf has a nice moment when he actually confides to Troy that his assignment at Ops is the second time he's filled in for a fallen comrade after Tasha Yar. Oh, that's right. The um, the shuttlecraft that was used in the episode was named Pike after Captain Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike. Oh, cool. Yep. Um, I I didn't. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Fajo suggests that Data has no sense of modesty. In fact, he does have a modesty subroutine, as established in Inheritance. <laughs> I I didn't think. I, I mean, you know, I, obviously he didn't have much time to prepare. Or, you know, I mean, it was like an overnight thing. But overall, I I didn't think the character of Kivas Fajo was was all that menacing, really. I mean, he wasn't. I don't know. I mean, now that I see that there, that you know, there was, there was, it was a, kind of a troubled production. I, I I'll, I'll give it a little bit of slack, but I still just don't. I still don't think the story was was that interesting. I mean, I it, to me it would have been more interesting if he actually would have shot Fajo, and then we would have seen. Like, for sure. Okay, Data just shot this guy. Why did he shoot this guy? Now we're just kind of we can just go back and forth and say, well, maybe he didn't shoot him. Maybe it was just. Uh, oh, I guess this is Star Trek's uh, Han and Greedo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> Who shot for? You know, did Data shoot it all? I mean, yeah. <laughs> did Data shoot yeah, it did all? Yeah, did Data shoot it all? Um, there was nothing in the literature that that answered that question. No, no, there wasn't. Enough. And I will say that. Uh, the that the other collector 
Parlotov does appear in a novel, um, oh. in a DS9 novel. And uh, Tivas Fajo is mentioned when Data has a flashback, courtesy of uh, the Orb of Memory in a DS9 novel. So he has a flashback to this whole episode, apparently. But other than that, well, a, yeah, I found nothing. It, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting episode for me in some respects, but overall, uh, I didn't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't come back to this episode probably because it's a little traumatic too. It's, it deals with some pretty crazy uh, themes. The fashions uh, are also terrible. I mean, the, the yes, costume designs I, are. <laughs> I cringe. I don't know how to describe. Uh, I think Saul Rubinick, the actor who plays uh, Kivas Fajo, did a great job. But I think that like there is something important about how um, what you just touched on there is like, you know, sometimes I think that like having a menacing character, uh, one should dress them a little bit more menacing. And his outfit looked like clown-like or or somewhat humorous, uh, whimsical. I think you know and. I don't know. He looked like a circus per- performer, and I couldn't get past that. And so, you know, that's something that happens actually frequently. <laughs> frequently yeah, on Star Trek. yeah. I, I <laughs> agree that, like, with that assessment. I yeah. think a lot of the costume. I mean, obviously, uniforms are different. Uniforms are a different thing. Right. But when you're right. well, we just had the episode where Picard goes to Raja and Riza, Riza and it's kind of like, really, that's what you wear when you're not in uniform. I mean, I like, get it. Yeah, you're trying to like show, you know, <laughs> it's supposed to be futuristic, but it, the, we have the benefit of knowing that, like, you know, Star Trek: Next Generation has now been on the air for 30 years. So we're talking from a perspective of like 30 years later, we don't see anyone wearing anything remotely like the civilian clothing in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Fashion's actually gone in a whole different direction. So it's like, yeah, I think that like the future fashion. Uh, aspect of Star Trek, it, it's sometimes a little sketchy. But wh- why does no one wear jeans? Are there no jeans in the future? I don't well, get it. The, We've had so jeans for like a long time. We haven't got. You know what's great? I have to say that's what one of the things I love about Star Trek Five. Well, Kirk is wearing jeans. Jeans. He's wearing yeah. ge- actual yeah. jeans. Yeah, like, yeah he And is. that makes sense. To it me, does you know make I mean? sense to me. Com- it makes complete. It sense, makes absolute so. sense. <laughs> One of the many redeeming values of Star Trek V. Kirk wears jeans, and we're all happy about that. <laughs> Audience, if you've made it this far into the conversation, let us know what you think. <laughs> Where are the jeans? Where on Star Why? Trek? What do you think? I am curious. Um, Gary's prompting me to ask more questions, um, which I appreciate, of the audience. And I think that's great because I, I do think of, we think of Starfleet Boy as participatory. By the way, we have a nice uh, group of folks that I'd just like to say hello to that uh, regularly comment on our on our episodes. And we're trying to get some of them on the air, Doctor. Uh, oh, that's but great. we're having a few, yeah, we're having a few, um, I'm, first of all, I'm terrible at, all this because I have a full-time job and so do you mm-hmm. <laughs> so everything's slow but we're working on it so we're gonna we're gonna try and get some folks on uh, that have been commenting in the comment section cool. but I love the comments because they're like uh, we're gonna have to do an episode where we just address some of the questions in the comment section because there's a lot of great ones oh okay that sounds like a good idea <laughs> what is that what's going on what did you just do I'm just, to data just, he's wearing 
future fashion there is ready for a future Mardi Gras. Um, are we ready to I, give I, this? I think we're totally ready to give this episode a rating. Um, I'm going to give this episode a four because the four is only because there were some things that I liked about it. Um, but overall, as you, I agree with you that it's not uh, an episode that I would probably return to uh, unless... I were doing some kind of analysis like today. Like today. <laughs> like this whole thing, yeah. I give it a two. Oh my gosh, this is such a dip for us. Season three was so good. Like it was going so well. And this is your first two, right? No. I'm pretty sure I, I don't no. have a database girl like on Deep Space no. Nine. Uh, there were person. there were twos in season one and season two. No, I'm saying in season three, this is your oh, first Oh, in season two. three. Well, I don't think I I've think seen any of the crappy episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually show up for these. I just do the, oh I just do the good ones, man. All right, well. <laughs> let, I'm sorry. Let's not, as I said in the beginning, let's not belabor this for <laughs> Yeah, what are we, let's go talk about Sarek. Sarek's the next episode. Now, up next, Sarek. Sarek. All right. Live long and prosper. Yeah, <laughs> See you yeah. next time. <laughs> <laughs>